Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented to you by HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com, where you can go right now and sign up using the promo code BOXES, and you will get a free entry to your first cash game. That is Draft.com, a new way to do daily fantasy, much better than those other fantasy sites. You do a snake draft every single day and if you're good at fantasy you know what i think you'll be good at draft.com like me and my co-host who is joining me once again tyler watts michael i have an important question to ask you oh wow all right wow this guy this podcast got serious quick are you ready to bow down to me in our listener league here it is i knew this was coming i knew that you would lord your brief period of time in first place in the listener league over Here. me. You are one. You are one game up on 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 my beautiful team. Are you worried? And, I passed you're, already, you. you're lording it over me already. Are you worried? I passed you without John Wall playing for the last two weeks. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not. You had a run of bad opponents, and I had a run of bad luck. With the often injured Anthony Davis, so no, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. It's a it's a minor uh, setback in a long drawn out season. I don't know. John Wall is coming back tomorrow. I feel like I'm running away with the title now. It is over. You guys might as well just all just mail in your checks to me right now. Well, I really I would really appreciate it if uh, Avery One Loves Holiday, which is a weird name, would get his crap together. And be better at playing Tyler this week. That'd be appreciated. Um, and if Dexter's Limbs team, Dexter <laughs> Limbs team, wow, that guy didn't even try to put a team name. What the hell, Dexter? Get your you get your crap together too. I shouldn't talk shit. I want him to throw this week for me, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. Mike, you're losing again this week. I mean, that no, team. It is Tuesday. I am not worried about it. Your team is in trouble, man. You better call in some reinforcements or something. We will uh, we will see what we need to do. And actually, this is a, a great time of the year to uh, definitely – you should not be, be complacent no matter what, especially if you're in last or in the bottom half of your league. You should not be complacent. But if you're in the top half of your league or if you're in first place like I was up until last week, now I'm only one game behind, um, I, uh, you, should, you should definitely be looking to improve your team right now. That time of the year. Oh, no doubt. And I mean, I think we got some guys now who are getting a little bit banged up. And, and so maybe they're the ones you trade for, or maybe you just, you make a trade that you don't necessarily win on paper, but you win in the standings. Yeah. I think there's a lot of weird, um, you know, there's your, some touch and go injuries. There's some random people playing really well right now. And you know what, in two months, uh, it's going to be the same thing, but it's going to be completely different players. So you just got to keep, Working your waiver wire, keep trying to trade up um, two-for-ones or look for those guys, you know, look for the Paul Millsaps of the world who are injured or who, who will be back in February, right? If you're if you're going to make the playoffs, that's a, that's a nice trade to make. Um, look for your Zach, Zach Levines who, who might be back next month or sooner with that. Uh, what do you know about that streaking Bulls team? I, are you finally watching? Have they finally broke you down and gotten uh, you to enjoy a Bulls game? I'm a, I'm actually really 
I'm actually very upset about the Bulls because they won three in a row, and that's just not the crap we need in Chicago. Uh, we need the first pick in the draft, and uh, Nico Mirtich single-handedly uh, pushing the team to three and zero. For I'm, I'm going to say he single-handedly did it, but yeah, ever since he's been back, the team hasn't lost. Dude, that's all they needed, right? I think so. And let's actually just get right into it. I, I want to talk about Nico Miritich, um, a love-hate relationship I think most people have with him, either in real life or in um, fantasy, unless you are Bobby Portis, which I believe is just a hate-hate relationship. Um, but as I've said many, many times, uh, Nico Miritich is better at basketball than Bobby Portis. And anyone who thinks differently is just it's just incorrect. And also, Nico Miritich um, is better at fantasy basketball than Bobby Portis. We talk about this a lot, right? If Miritich gets the minutes, Miritich has a really fantasy-friendly game. Um, Bobby Portis actually has a kind of fantasy-friendly game, too, in the sense that he's kind of a ball hog, and he loves to shoot and get rebounds. And he has kind of the Rajon Rondo effect for a big man in the sense that, you know, he's not he's not fundamentally helping your team win, your actual NBA team, but... He's just piling on the stats for the most part. Um, yeah, he, he's never seen a shot he didn't like, that's for sure. And, yeah, so I mean, I don't think he's he's a piece of any winning team in the sense that he's not a great basketball player, but I think he could be all right for fantasy. But I would much rather have Miritich, and it'll be interesting to see what that minute split looks like when Markkinen plays um, and Miritich is fully back here. Just in the sense that, I mean – you got to think that one of the three of them should not be in the rotation, but Fred Hoiberg is not the best coach in the NBA, so he might just chop the minutes between the three of them and make all three kind of irrelevant in a standard fantasy league. Yeah, I mean, Fred Hoiberg is a trash person, and um, I I don't really have any respect for his ability to figure out how to coach a basketball team. But I will say uh, in the few games, and you know, there's only been one game where all three of them were, um, you know, getting up to speed. So I guess Nico was, is still getting up to speed at this point right now, but Nico Mirtich, I think is, um, is being treated right here. And by the, by the coaching staff for the first time ever, he, I think he is going to play quite a bit of minutes. They move Felicio to basically a DNPs. They cut Bobby's minutes and they're going to go, with Lowry Marketing still, who is definitely the the best, you know, big on this team, unless you want to include Robin Lopez, which I I would. Um, Robin Lopez is talented, but uh, fantasy wise, Lowry Marketing is the guy you're going to go with, and I still think they're going to play Lowry Marketing starters minutes. They're around thirty minutes a game, even with Nico back, and then they're just going to move Nico into that secondary role. That's not a bad move as far as them trying to build the team. Um, people forget to the Miritich is really like 26 years old. I mean, he's, he's still a relatively young guy. Um, now, whether he's a part of the next great Bulls team, that's probably up in the air at this point. Well, I like his chances of playing, and this is why. If he's part of the next great Bulls team, they got to go figure that out. So they're going to give him the playing time to, to evaluate how good he he could be. If not... They're going to trade him, and if they're going to trade him, they're going to need to play him in order to showcase how good he is to other teams so they can get a decent 
trade value back, even though every other team in the league knows that the Bulls are trying to tank and that they're trying to give away someone who's good. Um, so they shouldn't give much back in return. So you, you honestly it, believe in that whole showcasing for a trade thing? Like, I, I mean, I think NBA GMs are smarter. I mean, if we know what Nico Miritich can do, especially given a, a competent coach, don't other NBA GMs know that too? I think in this particular case with Nico, there does need to be some um, some sight on like, can this guy sustain being, um, you know, coming in twenty four minutes and, and and producing night in and night out? Because um, he has been streaky and he has missed the entire first part of this season. So I, I do think they will be playing him those minutes in order to, at at the very least, show that he's not someone who's going to, you know, fall out of the league like the rest of this godforsaken Bulls team. Except for David Nwaba, that guy's good. He's their one guy. Um, It's funny you say that because he's basically played 24 minutes a night in every season in his career. So, uh, I mean, I think think people know what Miritich is, and I think people who watch a lot of basketball know that Miritich could be more than he's been given a better situation. And – I, I honestly don't know why someone hasn't acquired him on the cheap in the past, just in the sense that I think he's kind of a really good fit for the modern NBA. And if Fred Hoiberg learned how to use him, he could be good for the Bulls or any other team for that matter. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I'm I'm picking up Nico in, I would say, anything you would consider a big league. And I'd probably I'd take a flyer on him in standard leagues as well. I think he can give you top 100 value when he's got it, um, you know, all going on. Well, that's what's funny is, I mean, and, and Mark Roberts will attest this to you. If you give Nico like even 30 minutes in his projections, he's like a top 60 player. It's just on per game value at 30 minutes a game. He's really, he comes out really good for fantasy. Yeah, just, you know, who knows? It was if there's an injury, was if they need to play Nico a, a ton more minutes, was if there's a trade. So I think his value, if someone else gets traded other than him, he might he might play more on the Bulls. I think if he does get traded, he will be a 22 to 24 minute type of guy, but that is way too far in the future to be talking about. Yeah. And, so, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'll say this too, because I keep getting these questions like, oh, what if X person gets traded? Um, we're still like two months out from the trade deadline. This is kind of the time of the year where I think we don't usually see very many trades. That if you've held on to someone for this long, unless they pull an Eric Bledsoe right and just basically like put out to everyone they don't want to play for your team anymore, I think most of the teams now hold the player till closer to the trade deadline, like at least somewhere in January and a lot of times clear until February's trade deadline um, and then make the move. So I wouldn't be super concerned about anyone getting traded before Christmas time. I doubt we see any significant trades till at least 2018. Unless your name is Julio Okafer, who was traded. But uh, just at the same time, that was not <laughs> – Trade, you are right. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to say that until you said not significant trade. I was like, dang it, he he ruined my joke. Um, right? Because like, you're I right, that it's one, not a significant trade. 
I got one today. Like, what do you think the chances the Marcus Cousins gets traded? It's like, well, until February, like zero percent probably. And around February, I think it's around zero percent still. Uh, I, I don't I said, think anyone's going to give up the farm for ten to twenty percent. Because if they if they get a couple injuries or like completely fall out of things, then maybe, you know what I mean? Which yes, is a possibility. It, it's there is a possibility, right? It's not yeah. a high probability, but there is a possibility that. Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis are out for the rest of the season, and the DeMarcus Cousins Pelicans win two games between now and February. I mean, it's not a good possibility, but it is a possibility. Yeah, I it okay. It can't be a zero percent possibility. You're right about that, um, and you're right that the Okafor trade I think is a, not a significant trade whatsoever. Well, it it does seem like there is a possibility that he will play. Uh, decent minutes in Brooklyn, but um, here's, I mean, it's going to be standardly relevant. Here's the hilarious thing about it, right? The Sixers at one point wanted two, count them, two first-round picks for Jaleel Okafor. They had to, comical. They had to give a pick to get rid of Jaleel Okafor at this point. That sounds more like it. That sounds like a fair deal. Um, the other th- no, go, go ahead. ahead. The other thing I'll say about it too is um, he is probably not going to play for the Nets next year. And the whole reason is they declined that rookie option. So basically whatever team that has him at the end of the season, the most they can pay him is like 120% of his current contract, which is not a ton of money. So if they play in big minutes and he goes – off and has some amazing numbers they're going to price themselves out of the market for him because someone's going to be willing to give him a lot more than i mean i think like the most he can make next year is like seven million from brooklyn so if he goes off and he's a 10 or 11 or 12 or 20 million dollar player which i don't think is going to happen he's not going to play for brooklyn so brooklyn isn't doesn't have a huge incentive to play him 30 minutes a night no, but I, I do think they do experiment with him. They they do try to play him at least um, somewhere between twenty five and thirty minutes a night. I, I there's not a lot of lot going on in Brooklyn, um, so I, I don't know why they wouldn't just you know throw him out on the court like they throw everybody else out on the court in Brooklyn. Well, and that's that's a detriment in some ways too, right? Is Brooklyn usually never gives anybody too many more than thirty minutes a night? So yeah. It's not like you're going to see, oh, Jaleel Okafor had a 35-minute game. Like, Atkinson just doesn't do that. Yeah, and let's just be straightforward about Jaleel Okafor's, you know, ceiling. It isn't great in fantasy. He's a scorer. He's a score first. He's got a good field goal percentage. He'll get you some rebounds. He'll get you about a block. The end. He's not getting tons of steals. He's not shooting threes. He's not a modern big man in any sense. But it is possible that if he does play around 30 minutes that is a very good uh, source of points and rebounds that you could get on the waiver and i think if you're someone who needs points and rebounds and you're in a standard league it wouldn't hurt to take a flyer on just to see what happens he's also good for head-to-head leagues right in some ways in the sense that you know what you're buying right you know what you're gonna get um 
such that he plays, he's going to do some kind of good things in, in the categories you mentioned. And I mean, it's not like he rides the roller coaster a lot. When he plays, he gets some, he gets those stats for the most part. And especially if they're willing to feed him the ball, which I mean, they don't have a lot of other talent on this team. So especially with the injuries they've already had, I mean, I could see Okafor having some producing some good stats despite not being a great NBA player. Yeah, I think in this situation, if they do play him, what's he gonna? He's gonna just continue. He's gonna be utilized to his greatest possible extent. So if they're going to be like, hey, he's going to start, he's going to play 30 minutes a game, his usage is going to be uh, – I mean, his usage in Philly was incredibly high until, you know, that team got way better. So ex- expect him – that's why I think it's worth a flyer at the very least. Expect him, if they do play him, to do Julio Local for things, which you should already know what those are. And if that fits your build – more power to you. Get, get after it on the waiver wire. Overall, if you're just a, a regular team, you're, I would say, I don't know, in a Roto League, I'm not as thrilled due to his field goal percentage. Um, and the fact that he doesn't give you steals, he doesn't give you assists, he doesn't give you threes. So overall, I don't think I'd pick him up in a standard Roto League. And in a lot of head-to-head te- uh, leagues, I think I'll be streaming him at best. But... You know, I'd rather have him on my team in case he breaks out over the next week or two because he won't be on your waiver wire if you someone sees a twenty three point twenty three and ten point you know ten rebound game from Okafer. Free throw percentage. I, th- I think you meant there, but I, I, I probably meant free throw percentage. Because yes, his free throw percentage is not very good. Um I'll say this though, you know what I mean? He's worth the shot. And then that's kind of where you were going with it too, is this is a zero risk gamble in the sense that if he stinks, you just kind of go, well, I'm going to cut you again and pick up somebody else. If he's on the wire, I mean, I think you take the shot. Who would you rather pick up Okafor or Nico in a vacuum? Um, I think Miritich just, I feel a little bit better about him in the sense that I know his game's a little more fantasy friendly, but I mean, Okafor probably has the opportunity to get a few more minutes. Although, I mean, Kenny Atkinson always drives me crazy with the minutes. Just everybody, I'm like, oh, this guy should get 32, and he gets like 29. And so it could be another situation where he drives you nuts. I'm with you there. Um, I agree, Nico, I just think, is the better fantasy player, though. Like you said, if the minutes are there, that could switch. I just, overall, I like Nico's ceiling. And therefore, I'm taking Nico if I have the choice between the two of them. Let's uh, let's go to a few. I just want to run through some names. Some of them we haven't talked about probably ever. Um, that's a that's a big statement too. Um, some of them who are streaking some some interesting names over the last couple weeks. And I want to start out with the throwback of all throwbacks, the great. Zach Randolph, who is playing out of his mind. He's playing like a young Zach Randolph over in Sacramento. And um, as someone who was privileged to see Zach Randolph's only triple-double live in person, um, I always root for Zach Randolph. Is this streak over the last, what, couple weeks here, 
is this something that's for real or are you is this just a a random occurrence in the nonsense that is the rotation in sacramento um you missed the boat michael that's okay i still love you um so the story here is billy collie stein's been hurt that's been giving him a lot of minutes before that just before Willie Kleistan got hurt, they moved Zebo to the bench for a hot minute. And for some reason, if you play for Dave Yeager, if you play off the bench, you play more minutes than the starters. Um, it only makes sense in Dave Yeager's mind, so don't ask me why that is the case. Um, Zebo, when Sacramento is a full strength with Willie Kleistan and Costa Kufis, Zebo, Scalabissier. Zach Randolph will settle into about 28 minutes a night. He'll probably be good for about five to six rebounds a game and about 13 points a night. So if that's something you're interested in. That's been pretty consistent. He's been a lot better. He's playing a lot of minutes. I know he's got some old legs, right? But I'm actually fairly impressed by the production, even with a full roster, that Zebo has been given out this year. He is currently on the season. Now, granted, in the last couple of weeks, he's like a top 20 player out of absolutely nowhere. But uh, over the, on the season, he's been playing about 26 minutes a game. Like you said, 15 and 7. And decent percentages. Overall, that's really not that bad. He's, he's giving you no blocks as a big, and so that kind of sucks. But he's a top 100 player overall when you when you consider uh, all nine categories. Yeah, but he's also been getting you, like this month he's gotten you a steal per game, but it's fueled mostly by a game where he got three steals. Um, we know Zach Randolph never gives you a ton in those defensive stats. And so, I mean, he's just kind of playing out of his mind right now. It's not going to, it's not going to last. Um, he's getting a ton more shots, like I said, with Willie Colley Stein out, and they're kind of running the offense through him. But you got to think that the longer the season goes on and the further Sacramento falls out of it, that they're going to just play Randolph a little bit less. I mean, they've got guys that they need to develop, and if they would just give Scalabissier some freaking minutes, I mean, Jaeger is 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 Jaeger. Is Scal still in the G League right now? No, they they brought him back up um, before their last game. Thank God. Um, that that is, I think, um, a really good point. That rest of the year, it's only downhill, and it could go severely downhill. But you have to ride a hot hand. I think Zach Randolph should be on in every single league, and just ride it out. You know, once they get healthy here in a month or two, he's going to drop back down to being you know, a top 100 player who gives you points and rebounds. And if you're in a standard league, especially head-to-head, that's perfectly fine. I'll say uh, this as a feather in, in Randolph's cap, too. Him and Jaeger are old buddies from Memphis. And so I think as long as Jaeger's healthy and he's on the – or Randolph's – I'm sorry, Randolph is healthy and on the team, Jaeger's going to give him some decent minutes. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. I Come playoff time, you know, those minutes, he, they could probably start playing the youth there. Um, there was some, I guess, news uh, that George Hill is uh, came out and said, I thought we were going to compete, 
this team is crap. Some that's a very hard, a very bad paraphrase of what is actually a much better quote by George Hill. But um, basically, they told these guys, "Hey, we're going to compete this year." And um, I think if anyone wasn't blind, you knew going in they weren't going to compete. So I kind of blame George Hill on this one. Uh, but that does mean George Hill is fairly unhappy in Sacramento. And I think George Hill eventually gets traded. Um, what what I think pisses George Hill off a little bit more than even the fact that they're not competing, right? Because they paid him probably more money than anybody else was willing to pay him. And I mean, dollars are dollars, especially when your NBA career is relatively short. Um, but what pisses him off more is he's not the point guard. And he's not even really the shooting guard. He's just a person who plays on the court in their offense. Like the ball rarely touches his hands if you've watched the Sacramento Kings game. And I mean, we've seen George Hill in Indiana be kind of the secondary ball handler to Paul George. And we've seen George Hill last year in Utah be the primary ball handler and, and things go well there. You know, him and, and Gordon Hayward kind of one twoing it. And I don't know what the hell that offense is, but George Hill's not a part of it. And it's really a shame because George Hill is a pretty good fancy player overall and well, a pretty good, pretty good NBA player. The, that's the most baffling thing to me is George Hill is their best player right now. Hands down, he's their best player. The best basketball player they have on the court right now, George Hill. And they just don't seem to care, man. They're just he's not part of anything. It's just it's really, really weird. I mean, seven shots a game in twenty five minutes. It just he never touches the ball. I mean, so at some points it's just like nothing. I mean, I it's it's baffling. Yeah, and I would watch that situation too, because if he gets traded to a team that would actually start him, he becomes an instantly a you know a, someone who should be picked up if he is available in your league, which I think a lot of leagues still standard league wise, you know he's a, he's a good name, so he probably hasn't been dropped in a lot of leagues. But um, you know, keep an eye on what's going on there. And if he ends up leaving Sacramento, that could be more minutes to go around for their guard core, which I'm not terribly excited about either one of those guys, but Buddy Heald has been shooting the ball uh, much better of late from behind the arc. So that is something just to keep an eye on Sacramento, always an interesting team. Let's talk about a player I promised at the beginning of the, um, the beginning of the broadcast, a player that we've never talked about ever in the history of, of watching the boxes. That would be Maximilian Keebler Elf is, is his terrible name. What? Who is this person? Where did he come from? Why is he a, someone that is now playing well enough to be considered discussed on the Watching the Boxes podcast? Well, I mean... He's he's the Dirk Nowitzki, right? I mean, he's the German. That's where they found him. They were scouting Dirk's homeland, man. Hey, it turns out it was kind of a smart move because this guy, over the last five games, has been averaging about 27 minutes a game. He played 30 minutes tonight. He's been scoring about nine points, four rebounds, block and a half. Now, a lot of 
that five block game, right? And can hit about a three pointer a game. Across the board, it's not really uh, not blowing the doors off anywhere, but when you start looking at them in a roto sense, you know, in, in nine cat roto leagues, starts to become intriguing if he's going to be playing thirty minutes a game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he's just—he's not going to be a name that blows anybody away. But I mean, especially in in a deeper league, this is one of those kind of guys that can help you win the league, in the sense that he gives you a little bits in a lot of different categories. And you know, if someone's holding him right now, they're probably thinking like, "Oh man, I got I got Maxi Cleaver. Like, who's this guy? He played a couple good games. Like, some people might even just cut him." And if you could buy him on the cheap, like trade your worst player who's barely playing and get this guy, um, that could be a league when he move in a deeper league. So, yeah, I think, like I've said earlier, you got to write a hot hand. So this Maxi Klebler dude, whatever this dude's name is, um, you got you to gotta write a hot hand. You might as well pick him up if you're in deep leagues. He should be owned. What's the rest of the year outlook for this guy? Good question. Um, the rest of your outlook for this guy is, I, I mean, he's been, they've been, he's a rookie. They've been up in his minutes. Um, they're only going to fall f- further out of it, right? I mean, I don't think this is a playoff team. Do you? No, definitely not. So, I mean, why not play this guy a lot more minutes? He's 25 years old. Um, he look, he's showing some NBA skills. I mean, why not get, keep giving this guy more and more minutes as the season progresses? Yeah, they're not going anywhere. The worst thing that can happen is they lose more games. Or I guess it's the best thing that could happen. Uh, the worst case scenario is that he's so good he starts helping them win games, which is not really a bad scenario at all because then they have a really good player for the rebuild. So that's, I think that's a pretty good uh, projection. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think he's going to play, and, and I think he might be someone to look at now. And, I think he's still a little bit under the radar. You you mentioned it, right? Like he's played well in his last five games. But if you look at his season-long numbers, like he's still averaging 17 minutes a game for the season. Um, this could be a guy you could kind of sneak in on and get on the bandwagon a little bit early and be a nice asset for you down the stretch. Yeah, go out. You know what? I'm uh, I'm going out and picking him up in one of my deeper leagues right this second. So... Um, just getting some business done during the podcast. That's always good, right? Yeah, really good for the uh, really good for the listeners who uh, really want to hear me just clicking away and picking up people on my teams. Um, <laughs> speaking of this game tonight with in Dallas, the return, the mo- the the well anticipated weighted return of Kawhi Leonard, who is on a fairly severe rest- uh, minutes restriction. Only played 16 minutes tonight, but had 13 points, six rebounds, a steal, and a block, and an assist, and a three. Well, if you, if you got you know antsy and put him in your starting lineup tonight, you're not terribly pissed off about that line. Yeah, no, and he did Kawhi Leonard things. Um. Very much so. It just didn't play the minutes. Um, but those will come, right, as he rounds into shape here. 
And uh, yeah, you got to be pretty stoked to have Kawhi at this point. It's a pretty good sign that he uh, looked like he could play like his old self um, and that it seems like they just waited for him to be fully healthy before they wanted him to come back here. And yeah, this is not a good sign if you don't own Kawhi Leonard and wanted to take advantage of the fact that he played like crap tonight or played like crap tomorrow. So there's always, uh, you know, another couple games. If he looks really, really terrible, I would 100% make a move for Kawhi Leonard. That guy is potentially a top five fantasy player. Yes. Um, and we've seen some, some new guys kind of get up there and, and, you know, jockey for that top five. But if I'm banking on anybody being in the top five, um, Kawhi Leonard will be right up there, especially in Roto Leagues, where he's just so good in every category. Oh, yeah. He is a fantastic Roto player for sure. People are saying that, you know, this is probably going to hurt Rudy Gay. Um, kind of rest of the year value, but you you don't have that take, Tyler. What, what do you think about Rudy Gay's rest of the year? Well, I, I mean, I think that Rudy Gay is not playing that many minutes as it is, um, and I think that Rudy Gay is one of those players where he's just a really good player, and I think that we'll see some of these ancillary players who maybe aren't as good a players as Rudy Gay take a little bit bigger hit, and. You know, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, 23.5 minutes for the season. I don't really see him dropping much below that. Um, and the Spurs are one of those teams, too, that they'll rest Ginobili a night. They'll rest Tony Parker a night. They'll rest Pau Gasol a night. And I think you're going to find that Rudy Gay, sure, maybe he gets a game or two rest, too. But I think 24 minutes a night for him seems pretty safe. Yeah, I think Kyle Anderson is probably more likely to take a, a minute hit. But uh, like you said, uh, Kyle Anderson's only been playing 27 minutes a game, and um, there's minutes to go around here. So we'll we'll see. Um, and guys sit out nights, and other guys play. It's you know it's you know how Pop does with his rotation. I'd much uh, I think I'd rather own Rudy Gay than Kyle Anderson, even though you know I know Kyle Anderson is a very fantasy friendly type of guy, and a lot of people made. Um, some good wins over the last uh, month or so with Kelly Anderson before he got injured. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just like Rudy Gay a little bit better. Yeah. I'm with you there. And I mean, don't, don't count it out that you and Kyle Anderson returns, which looks still like at least a week away and, and maybe more like two or three. Um, they're going to find minutes for these guys and it'll come at the expense of some of the other players like maybe Joffrey or Laverne and those guys maybe play a little bit less and Rudy Gay and, and Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Anderson play a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't be super worried about Rudy Gay at all. I would be worried about would be LaMarcus Aldridge just in the sense that it didn't work out great last season, um, especially given the production he's been putting forth this year. And I think we see his numbers take a a pretty significant hit when Kawhi comes back and just hit Kawhi taking over the offense a little bit more. And uh, we talked about this last time that he would be a great sell high candidate. Yeah. I think LaMarcus is a sell high candidate right now. Cause I just don't think his, he can get any more valuable, but I don't see a significant hit. Uh, I think as drastically as you do for LaMarcus, uh, there was a really good, um, I don't know if it's an article or quote or whatever from pop saying, 
You know, I sat down, I broke bread with LaMarcus Aldridge. It was, it was very dramatic uh, quote and um, talked to him about how he could improve and where I went wrong. And he's like, I tried to take this guy who's been in the league for nine years and, and reimagine his game. And you know what? I was wrong. Like I, that's not going to work. And I just said, you know, I'll let you do what you need to do on offense, but I'm going to harp on you on defense. And I think you've seen LaMarcus Aldridge allowing or pop allowing LaMarcus Aldridge to be himself on offense. And I think that's where you're getting this uh, bump in production from last year. And while Kawhi is going to take touches, he's going to take some utilization. That's obvious. I still think LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be um, better than he was last year for the rest of the year. And I'm all right with that. I'm fine with saying that. I think that's probably the case. But he's also shooting uh, two and a half more shots per game than he was last year. And I think those two and a half shots kind of go away with Kawhi Leonard coming back. That's probably his share of the offense he gives to Kawhi Leonard. And so that's going to drop the point production down enough. And he's also shooting um, almost two more free throws a game. I think some of those go away. And I think LaMarcus settles in somewhere like 18 to 20 points a game, not the almost 23 he's got so far this year. So that's a a hit. I think that's a pretty good point. Um, Yeah, I could see – you know, and LaMarcus, really, you, you're getting a lot of value from those points. So that could be significant based on your build in a head-to-head league or even in a, in a roto league. No, if you know, hey, I'm about to lose, you know, three, four points out, out of LaMarcus Aldridge. And I really, I really need points. It's a good way to send him away for someone who actually gets um, consistent, um, ridiculous points. And um, I still, I'm with you. He's still a sell high to me, but I, I don't see him dropping off the planet like he did last year. Oh yeah, no, he's still going to be a valuable fantasy guy. I mean, I'm not saying I'm selling for Maxi Kleber, but at the well, same time, like I'm already throwing shade at, at Max. Yeah, he's been in the league for three games, and all of a sudden you're throwing shade at him. Well, I mean, I'm just saying he's not no top fifty player like Lamarcus Aldridge has been plenty of times in his career. Oh well, I hope. Maxie doesn't – I hope he does listen to this podcast. You could tweet at Tyler about how pissed you are, Maxie, um, which – you. by the way, does he like being called Maxie? Is that a thing? Um, some, some places do the Maximilian, but there are sites who call him just Maxie. Like Basketball Reference has it down as just Maxie. Well, the can... world does just Maxie. But if you look on ESPN, it does say Maximilian Kleber. So t- tweet at Watsy4444 about how pissed you are that you're getting shade thrown at you when on your first mention on the podcast. That's that's rough. Hey, Maxie, until you're up with the big boys, I throw shade at everybody. Wow. Jeez, tough, tough crowd. Um, speaking of tough crowds, um, the Clippers – wow, what a segue. The Clippers fans are probably a pretty – tough crowd right now because Daniello Gallinari out again, re-injured his glute. We bet. Uh, this, this is, this is almost comical at this point. It, it would be comical if, if this wasn't just so predictable. Oh yeah. And what you hate about this is it is a setback to the previous injury, meaning they held him out. 
the last time thinking, okay, we fix, we're going to fix this issue. We're going to heal it. Um, he missed, let's see here, a bunch of games, right? I mean, like a month almost, a little bit over a month even, and about a month. He missed exactly a month. And now we're holding him out again for a re-aggravation of the same injury. Like, we could be talking about a real long absence here. Yeah, and, you know, if you have an IR spot, who cares? You can throw him in an IR spot. But at this point, you've already wasted a month. Um, I don't know why you would waste any more time with this guy. I would drop him probably in every in, in all standard leagues. And uh, deeper leagues, you know, you, you got to weigh your options. Uh, I think he's probably valuable even – in a deeper league, because when he comes back, he will be, you know, a decent player if if he comes back. But I'm not wasting my time any any longer with him in a in a standard twelve team league. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, they they claim he's going to miss quote a few games with this new glute injury, but I've heard that story before, and it's turned into months. Um, you know, you can read the Doc Rivers quotes for yourself. I mean, Gallo's not doing well. He's not going to play. He is injured, and it's a different one. It's the other glute. I'm serious. It's a different injury than the other one. I don't know if it's exact the exact same glute. It's been that type of season so far. Things can change, but he's probably out for a good couple of games. That's the Doc Rivers quote. Um, oh. A good couple of games to me seems like about another month at least. Yeah, that's that would be a good couple of games. Um let's I mean if he re-aggravated it would be bad news. If he gets a if it's the other glue it's bad news. It's all bad news here. I, I if you're in the bottom half of your league right now, you can't afford to wait any longer. And if you're in the top half of the league, like I guess you can keep him around if you really wanted to, but I don't know why you would waste your time cuz he's when he even when he comes back is he going to be a top 50 player? I really doubt it. Yeah, in a standard league, I'm just cutting this guy. I mean Sure, if if there we get to be okay, he's gonna come back in a week, and, and maybe I snatch him up with the waiver wire again if I can. But man, I mean, I just don't really see any reason to hold this guy when we have no clue. I mean, if he re-aggravated that old injury and Doc was feeding us a line of, you know what, that could be two months, three months. I mean, we're talking playoff time maybe before he comes back. Who the heck knows? I mean, this doesn't sound good. No, it does. It does not sound good. Let's move on from this depressing news to maybe maybe depressing news. Uh, let's talk about Nick Batum, your boy, Nick Batum. What's going on with this guy? Well, this is just another one that's been just making me sad all over. So Nick Batum hurt his elbow. I'm sure you remember that. Um, he missed a, a significant chunk of time there. Mm-hmm. And if you remember when it first happened, there was the inkling that he may need season-ending surgery. And then he went to a specialist, and the specialist basically told him they thought he could uh, just rehab the injury and it would be fine. So that's the route he went. Um, he missed a significant amount of time. And now, basically, ever since he's come back, he's been saying that every time like he drives to the hoop and he gets hit or – you know, he just gets a little bit of contact on that elbow that he's in a significant amount of pain and it's keeping him from playing the game the way he wants to play it. And now he's sitting out again. 
And I don't, I don't think Batum's going to get a season-ending surgery in the sense that I think he wants to be there for the team, especially they're going to make the playoffs, which in that Eastern Conference, I think they've got a shot. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to get the Nicholas Batum production you expected to get at the beginning of the season. What's If you're an owner of Nick Batum, what's the um, – I guess what's, what's the play here? Um, I think you're, you're even hearing people in regular leagues dropping him. And I, I think you got to pick him up if he gets dropped, right? Because he's, he's Nick Batum. When he's healthy, he's, uh, he's a very good fantasy player. But, you know, this year has been a real disappointment. This is going to be a long, aggravated injury. Uh, is this a – I think the best case scenario here is you, you basically decide that Nick Batum is going to be – trash for the rest of the year and try to sell him to someone who thinks he's not. I think that's the best case scenario in this for this. Yeah. um, Here's the concerning thing for me. And I think this maybe is the difference between head to head and Roto and head to head. I mean, he's only playing 29 minutes, which we're used to seeing like 34 or 35 from Nick Batum. So that's, that's a strike against them. But I think in head-to-head, he produces some stats that are worthwhile, right? Like the four-and-a-half assists and the four rebounds and the steal a game and the little bits here and there that make him definitely useful enough to own in a standard league. In Roto, he's going to hurt your field goal percentage. If you play in a three-point percentage league, he is going to hurt your three-point percentage. And I think with this elbow injury, he's not going to up those percentages too, too much this year. That That's just part of this injury is he's going to shoot bad percentages. And so, I mean, in a Roto League, I may be more inclined to sell him for 60 cents on the dollar than I would in a head-to-head league where, sure, he's not going to be the Nick Batum you thought he was going to be, but at the same time, he's probably going to be a player valuable enough to own in a head-to-head league. Yeah, definitely start shopping him around. Just see what the market feels like. You never know. Someone could um, not pay attention. Hey, who would have thought someone not paying attention in a fantasy basketball league? Um, Or someone could actually just be like, you know what? I know Nick Batum's great. He was great for me X amount of years ago. I want him on my team. Um, and and, And make a move. And to me, I'd just rather see him not on my team simply because of what what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, and I mean, he's now sitting out again, and the question is, like, how, how long do you sit him out? Like, if, if it's one of those injuries which it needs a surgical repair to fix it, I mean, you sat him out for, you know, however many weeks it ended up being. They originally said, like, four to six he was going to miss, and – he obviously missed the first 10 games of the season or so, actually the first 11 games of the season, and then he came back. Um, I don't know what the sitting amount is really going to help, though. Like, if we're just waiting to see where we're at and then going to let him play again or what the story is here, I just don't think he's going to get the surgery quite yet. But it could be another, you know, 10, 15 games on the sidelines before he even plays again, too. Yep. That's definitely sadly possible. Um, I think really those are all the players. I mean, this was a weird eclectic group of players to talk about. Is there anyone else you wanted to get to before we wrap up? Oh man, up? 
there is a player I would love to talk to you about. All right. Well, I, I always get a little nervous when you you pull a player out of your hat. So, you know, let me have it. Why is that? Uh, no, first you're, up, always, you're always you're always somewhere way far away from where I where I'm looking at. Every I'm time. always somewhere way far away from reality. Yeah, that too. I don't know what you've been so, up to. This is a player who's been bothering my fantasy existence for this season, and it's going to be a player that may surprise you because it probably doesn't seem like a player I would own a ton. And it is Mr. Hassan Whiteside. Now, here's where I want to get to with Mr. Whiteside. Once again, not at all who I ever would have guessed who you were going to bring up. Okay, good. See, that's where I like to play it. All right, so Mr. Whiteside has missed the last six games. Um, the Heat are surprisingly three and three in those games. Um, but this injury that he has does not seem like it is getting any better. And so I'm wondering before we hear that Mr. Whiteside is out for multiple weeks or done for a while, do you try to trade Mr. Whiteside? Like, what are you doing with Hassan here? Cause he's just being a pain in the, you know what? Well, as always, these things depends on my situation. If he is um, someone that is key to my team, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get back, considering he's been injured. Anything remotely like him, because he's an incredibly unique player with his rebounds and his blocks. Here may be the window, okay? And this is kind of where I wanted to get to. They announced the one- to two-week timetable. Two weeks ago on Thursday. So this Thursday, so in a couple days, they announced that that'll be the second week. So some people might be thinking he's coming back. But I haven't seen any on-court activity, no practice, no anything from Hassan yet. So I'm thinking he's probably not coming back then. So you could probably sell him for somewhere near his value if you could find an owner who thinks he's coming back. But hmm. is it worth it? Because like you're saying, Hassan Whiteside's a very unique player. So is it worth selling Whiteside right now? Or are you holding Whiteside pretty much no matter what? If I can get 100 cents on the dollar for Hassan Whiteside, I would definitely consider it, especially if I could get something um, of similar value with the rebounds and blocks and the field goal percentage. Or if I just realized, hey, my team, um, really the rest of my team just doesn't fit the build around Hassan Whiteside anyway. Hey, okay, ninety. then I'd go 90 cents to the dollar. I would definitely still be playing the, hey, he's going to be back. He's Hassan Whiteside. He'll be fine. Other than that, though, I think you have to keep him. And, and this is why. Okay, he's been out two weeks. Let's say he's out another two weeks. Let's say he's out three to four weeks. It's still the beginning of January. You're going to have him for all the rest of January, all of February, all of March, and whatever's left in April if you're playing an entire season. So depending on your season or how your league is put together. That's still a ton of games with someone who really is a top 25 value in the league and even more valuable if your build uh, if you've built around him or you're in a head-to-head league. I just don't know how you give that up for really 60 cents on the dollar. 
because he his talent is too good. I got a couple names I would like to ask you. Oh, you love playing this game. This is my favorite game. You ought to know this by now. Okay, so I would like to trade you. Let's say you have Whiteside, okay? And I have Lamarcus Aldridge. Hmm. I'm offering you Mr. Aldridge for Mr. Whiteside. Hmm. This is a good one. I. I've got two more names. You're going to love them all. I have a feeling. I think I'm going to have to say no. And that is because, you know, of, of what we talked about earlier with the, and I, I know I said LaMarcus isn't going to drop off the face of the planet, but he's not going to be a top 20 player. Um, and I'm just, a, I'm a little questionable. You're not getting the massive field goal percentage or blocks back. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to say no. Um, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible idea. If like, like I said, if you're, build just doesn't work around Hassan Whiteside, then I'd consider it. Okay. All right. I think I'll get you here in a second. So I, and this is, this is kind of a weird one, but kind of one I like too. I have Draymond Green. I'm trying to give you Draymond Green for Mr. Whiteside. Maybe I really need the rebounds and I'm killing it in assists. So I'm trying to get Whiteside. Hmm. That one I'm probably going to do unless uh, uh, the field goal concerns me, right? But that one I'm probably going to do because of how unique Draymond is. We're talking seven rebounds, seven assists. Um, and he's just as good at everything else other than um, field goals and, you know, and points. So yeah, I'm gonna do that one. I, I'm in on that one. So here's the one, and this this may be the one I really wanted to get to. I have Mr. Clint Capella. Ooh. So I've got the guy playing above the value, pretty much anybody expected. Okay, you've got the what everyone looked at at the beginning of the season as the sure thing. Okay, would you rather have the new thing or the old thing? Let me ask, what a what a proposition. Um, let me ask you this: What's the real difference here? Well, the real difference is one is playing, and the other one's not. And I think you just nailed it. The difference: these two players have basically Hassan has started moving towards Clint Capella, and Clint Capella is turning into Hassan Whiteside. I'd rather have Clint Capella for sure. I am with you, and here's another reason why. Clint Capella is getting those numbers in 25 minutes a night. If, and this is maybe a big if, if D'Antoni even ups that to 27 or 28, those numbers look that much better. That's absolutely right. And, you know, he put on a pretty good performance against uh, DeMarcus Cousins. He only played 24 minutes in that in that in that game, but he defended Demarcus Cousins pretty well. Scored 28 points, eight rebounds, five blocks. The dude, I mean, the dude just fits in the system. And uh, like uh, like you're saying, any more 
bump in minutes and, and his value goes uh, right past us on white sides. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say in, in the negative about Whiteside is when they first announced this injury and that he was going to miss one to two weeks, he had some pretty ominous quotes about this injury and basically like trying to figure out why he was having this persistent ongoing pain. And that worried me a little bit. So um, we'll look kind of in that next tier down of like Al Horford, Miles Turner, Andre Drummond types, maybe Rudy Gobert. Um, if somebody offered me one of those big men, I'd seriously consider it if I thought Whiteside's injury was a lot more serious than what we know now. So if your team is at the top and you can afford to lose Whiteside, some of these guys might be a little bit more sure of a thing. Um, if your team's at the bottom and you're looking for a home run, Maybe Whiteside's a guy you try to acquire for one of those players. Yeah. And, hey, it never hurts to be a little bit uh, risk-adverse, especially if you're in a good position right now. You don't want to, you know, fall out of that top half of the league, right? And you got Hassan Whiteside and you're a little worried about it. Hey, make a move. Why not? I'll just throw this in there too. Another guy I'm buying low on is Mr. Marcus All, who's been struggling really shooting the ball uh, early in the season. Um, it's hard, you know, it, in my in the leagues that I play in, it's hard to get Marcus All. Everybody irrationally loves Marcus All as much as I do. So, uh, good luck trying to get Marcus All. But yeah, you're you're right. He has been on a little bit of a downswing right now. Just a nugget. I like to throw those in at the end. Just something the, makes the, people. Tune in, you know, till the very end. Tyler's end of the show nugget uh, brought to you by Draft.com, where you can go right now and play daily fantasy using the promo code boxes. When you sign up, you will get a free game. And uh, if you win that game, feel free to send that money to us um, via some sort of payment system. And in order to alert us that you're going to send us that money, find us on Twitter. Tyler? What's your Twitter handle again? Uh, you can find me at Watsy4444. And you can find me at WatchTheBoxes, all one word. Please tweet at us with feedback, comments, questions, things you want to hear on the podcast, uh, questions about your team, etc. And if you really like the show, uh, do us a favor, rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Helps people find the podcast or tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Tell your family when you go home for Christmas. Uh, take people's phones and, and download the podcast and rate and review it. And then give them back to them. Don't be a, a kleptomaniac. Don't do that. But anything you do to pass the word on about the show, we really appreciate it. Uh, Tyler, you got anything else? No, that's it, man. Perfect. We will be seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us, everybody. 